Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Turnover on T. Picked up by O'Neal. Right side Conley. Stop and pop three. Mike Conley for three. 94-85 Utah. The Jazz by nine with 3.28 left. They're throwing it in the lake here in Minnesota. 194, minute to play. Donovan at the top, guarded by the 6'8 Covington. Comes off the pick, drives, kicks to the corner. Bogdanovich contested three. Perfect. Ball game. Boyan Bogdanovich with 30. Ring the bell. The Utah Jazz get the win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, 103-95, the final score. And PK, this was a game full of runs. Basically, when the Jazz played the bench, Minnesota went off a 21-5 run in the first half and an 18-1 run in the second half. And both times, when Quinn Snyder put the starters back in, it changed immediately. Jazz went on 10-0 runs and 12-0 runs. I mean, teams have stronger benches and stronger starting groups, and they do something well and they do something poorly. It's rarely just night and day like this where one group's getting pounded and the next group comes in and just flips the game 180 degrees immediately. Well, that's good and bad for obvious reasons there. Uh, but you know, I, I told you a long time ago, you got a team and you play the same team twice within two or three days, they always split. Not always. Okay, Not I'm, I'm usually. <laughs> <laughs> Not always. So I said yesterday that you viewed it as like a little mini playoff thing because they could do some coaching. Right, they're just it's time for adjustments. And my gosh, I thought Gobert was sensational. Uh, that might have been the best game he's played all season under the circumstances of what just happened a couple of nights prior with Towns doing his thing. And it just seemed like Gobert, like he was... He, he was pithed about something, and probably Towns going off, and of course they lost. I love it when that guy has extra motivation, because I thought he was just absolutely brilliant defensively, just everywhere, and he just, he, I've, as a fan watching on television, I feed off that emotion. <laughs> I mean, I, I can only imagine what these guys who are actually playing the game think. Conley was sensational. The thing that stuck out to me was zero turnovers. You know, obviously the eight assists to zero turnovers, you'll take that 100% of the time. But he was under control. There's a couple of things I think that I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit, but he is ambidextrous there in the key. But sometimes I think he too willingly goes to his right hand. And, you know, that's obviously not his strong hand, but that's nitpicking because he played well. And Bogdanovich, I don't know how you don't love the way he plays. Oh, my gosh. How about some of the, the, the shot he hit on the sideline right in front of the bench? That was awesome. Just his emotion and the way yeah. he's moving and the passion that he plays with. And the big shots he hits. And obviously the shots. Yeah, the again, ball's got to go in. And again. And the ball does go in to a, a good rate. You know, he shot over 50% from three. And I thought the bench, they don't. They basically only have three guys right now, their bench. And I thought they were, Amudiate obviously didn't shoot the ball well. But he had five boards and he uses his size. And I thought... Uh, I thought Jeff Green was a little more active. So it, it was a very nice win for him. 103.95 to get the victory, and they're coming home for a Golden State in New Orleans. The rare back-to-back home games, Friday and Saturday with the Warriors and Pelicans coming in. 
Jazz pick up the win. Uh, the rest of the NBA, let's get to that. Hashtag NBA. He was fantastic from the beginning of the game. You know, he was doing his thing, knocking down threes, drawing fouls. So he he took it to us. Like I said earlier in the year, we're just trying to figure out a way of winning games, and then we want to become a good team. You know, right now we're winning games, uh, but we have not become a good team yet. And so we, we have a lot of work. Uh, we are clearly a work in progress. Our guys know that, though, and they understand that. That's Doc Rivers talking about the Clippers, who had sure. Paul Paul George. It wasn't Ed Ordron? <laughs> it could have been, but it wasn't. <laughs> Go Tigers. <laughs> Paul George and Kawhi Leonard playing together for the first time, and they beat the Celtics in overtime, 107-104. And before that, that was Steve Kerr talking about Luka Doncic, who threw up a massive triple-double in just 25 minutes. You know, baseball, they talk about the worst teams that have gutted themselves and are, you know, playing some long game for the next, you know, year, two, three down the line or whatever, how they're a quadruple A team. I feel like the Warriors are a quadruple A team right now. Well, they're battered. They had a great run, and now maybe it's the basketball gods or karma or what have you uh, taking its toll, but maybe it's the fact those guys played so many ball games that just kind of the nature of the course of playing that much, I don't know, but either way, Obviously, they don't have their guys. I think this game and this season, I think the Mavericks are legitimate. I think right now Doncic is, a, and it's only a, you know, what do you, you always fractionalize the season. We're a fourth of the way. We're an eighth of the way. I don't know whatever we are, but it's obviously still early because we're just about at the month mark. He is a sensational ball player. He is top five in the league. Hey, yo, who's with him? Well, it's funny you say that because LeBron. I had trouble sleeping last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I was up for like three hours. And so I'm running through the stuff, trying to just keep my mind occupied. LeBron and Kawhi Leonard. LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, Harden. Two easy ones. And Doncic. Antetokounmpo. The Greek freak. Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I had him. So I'm I'm open. I have a fifth spot. So you got Doncic, Antetokounmpo, LeBron, Kawhi. I I hesitate to put Kawhi in because you're just going on rep because he's missed so many games. Oh, so you're going 15 games only. He's impacting yeah. these 15. Yeah, I mean, he's missed a high percentage of the of the 15 games. I mean, obviously, if, if he's a best, he's a great player, but just on these 15 games, he hasn't played enough. He doesn't have the minimum plate appearances. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was awesome. I mean, it was the Warriors. Yeah, but he did, he's was, doing it against everybody. I, he has, I know. 36 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. In 25 minutes, you said? Yeah. Come on. I know. Who He's does 20 that, right? years old. He's absolutely brilliant. It was 44 to 16 after one quarter. They just came out and they just lit him up. It was a it was, whole it was, game. My bad. I would have sent him home. It was 26 minutes. Not well, he single-handedly outscored them in the first Yes, quarter. he did. We saw that, too. Yeah. I would have sent him home. I said, all right, go by. Well, we'll do load management this way. <laughs> go home. <laughs> Because you know he can't go out to drink because he's only 20 years old. That if they ask, go ahead. I was going to, well, no, go ahead, finish it. Because if they ask him, you know, what's your favorite beer or something, he could say, that's a clown question, bro. There it is. That's it. Because he's a minor. The classics never grow old. That was in Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah. Bryce Harper. He yeah. can't even rent a car. No, that's going to be a while. 25? <laughs> going to be 25? He can buy the car dealership, that's, but he Kyle, can't rent it. Kyle Whittingham sending Brian Johnson out to recruit, and <laughs> Brian finds out he can't rent a car. 
That was funny. 25 years old to rent a car. That's like the last thing you can do. That's your last little step into adulthood right there. Uh, run for president. 35, if you're going to do that. And you got to live in the country, which, you know, I have some doubts, but I'm not going to get into it. Got to be born here. I'm just saying. The Wizards beat the Spurs. Greg Popovich has never had a team this bad. Can we just go ahead and write the Spurs off? They're not going to battle for the 7-8 spot. Or don't doubt Pop. They're 5-10 and 10 out of the gate. That's, that's not good in the hyper-competitive West. Uh, I'd have to look at the standings real quick. Uh, crazy, crazy game with the Wizards. One thirty-eight, one thirty-two. Both teams <laughs> scoring at will. Crazy I think, I think it's time he they fire him and promote Becky Hammond. Becky's like, could you improve the roster before you do that? Or what are we can have we <laughs> some better players. Whoever becomes the first woman coach, it's like the the black guys in college football. You're not getting. They don't the, get Alabama. Get job. the best. They get New Mexico State. Uh, Dwayne Walker? Dwayne Walker. Yeah. The UCLA coordinator is <laughs> a bowl game with Vegas, and he took the New Mexico State That's job. coordinator, yeah. Yeah. They normally, well, we'll give you a few scraps here, but you're not going to get the, the great jobs. And there is some exceptions, but we're going back. Uh, I would say right now, yeah, the Spurs are in definite trouble because you look at the eight teams in Minnesota being eighth at eight and seven. I'm not sure Phoenix can sustain it. Seven and six. We'll have to see. They'll get a major addition back when Aiden, he's got, he's probably, what, 10 games into his 25-game suspension. So maybe some of these teams that are 5-9, and 5-10 and 10 can get it together and be in the race for the eighth spot. Well, and what's going to happen have... with uh, Zion when he comes back? Pelicans, yeah. up to a 5-9 and nine start. They'll He'll be here. help them. Yeah. Uh, the other teams, uh, they're not bad. I mean, Sacramento's 6-7. and seven. That's not bad. So, yeah, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight for, I would think, every spot. Maybe the Lakers continue to emerge and pull away. But I think every spot, there'll be two or three teams fighting for first, two or three teams obviously second, and two or three teams for eighth all the way down. You were just telling us yesterday how you hate it when uh, when a big name, a star, hangs it up. Kind of the passing of time. And then the word came out yesterday that Pau Gasol is hanging it up. And you're like, well, I hadn't seen Pau Gasol playing. And that's because he's trying to rehab a foot injury and it's not happening. It's all over. The spirit is willing, but the body is saying no go. Looking at a coaching role for him in uh, Portland now. Six-time All-Star. Yeah, in the league for many, many years. Two-time NBA champion. One of the stars of the international game, for sure. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Cougars lose in overtime at Boise State, 72-68. to There were opportunities, as you might expect, in an overtime game. Just the simple stuff, PK. You know, there were times they were giving up offensive rebounds and everything, and that wouldn't have happened if Baxter or had been there or they had Yoli Childs. And then there were some turnovers. Got to drive the coaches nuts. Going behind the back, driving down the lane. Starting to fast break the other way. In a game where you're defending pretty well, don't give up easy points in transition. If you get your defense back and you get set, you're probably going to get a stop. There weren't many goes for Boise State. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, they blew it, but they also have a little bit of a pass with Child sitting over there. 
you know, you don't even think about Baxter anymore. And that sucks for him because he obviously, those two guys would have made a major addition. So basically, you can argue they have three starters out. And I don't know that Wade would have started. I haven't seen enough of him myself. I don't follow high school ball that much. Uh, but I saw Baxter, and obviously we've seen Childs. And they certainly, would, if not start with Baxter, he would play. I mean, Kobe Lee... He's giving you everything he's got, so it's hard to criticize him. He reminds me of uh, what I'm, I'd imagine Greg Kite was at the uh, collegiate level. He's a big body trying to bruise his way into production. I didn't really see Kite play in college, but I saw him in, in the NBA. Uh, I, I, I want better ball movement, too. I know it's too much ISO going on there. And, and Tulson can get his own shot. And he's very crafty, and he's a big kid for the position he plays. But then Nixon misses a point-blank offensive rebound that they could have won. They had many, many chances. They're just going to have to gut it out. I don't expect them to have a whole lot of success when they go to Maui. And it's a shame because they don't have their team. They don't have their complement of guys. Uh, Childs, what, we have four more games? What are they? Was that their fifth game? They're yep. three and two. They're three and two, and they've got to go out to Maui here for these three, starting with UCLA on and Monday. That, and that, that's, those count as three, right? Not just as one? For the purposes of the suspension, yes. yes. Yeah, so that that'll be good. Get knock off three games before Thanksgiving, so then you're down to one more, right? First game back will be the Utah game. I know it'll be the Ute game, yeah. And so he he ought to come out like in the proverbial bull in the china shop deal because uh, he ought to be furious, looking to make up for lost time. So when they get him back, he's literally a difference maker for that team. I think when they come back, when he comes back, they could be halfway decent. The Utes, the Myrtle Beach Invitational. You been to Myrtle Beach? I have. Yeah. Is that where you saw that line for Kiss Mm -hmm. around the store? I thought that's where you were. Sweet, huh? The line that formed uh, like two days before. (laughs) (laughs) Utes are 3-0. They draw Coastal Carolina in their first game in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I love what we're doing offensively, and I think we had very similar results last time Andy was here, you know, in our first four years. And so I think that it is a great compliment to our defense. They play off each other, and very pleased so far. You never make your final analysis until after the season, until you have the whole body of work. But uh, so far, it's been pretty, pretty good. Kyle Whittingham analyzing the offense and the work of offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig. It's all coming together. That's for sure. Senior quarterback. Running back has got all the records. The receivers are improving. The new OC, it's all Zach clicking. Zach Moss has more records than the Beatles. Ooh, see what you did there. If I'm Sione Lund and Devontae Henry Cole, I'm fired up for this game. Because I should get to play a lot. American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Oresco sounded off on what he termed was a, quote, double standard for G5 teams in the college football playoff rankings. Each time I've watched the release of the rankings, I've seen an unfortunate predictability, and why wouldn't I be upset? We've been fighting what I think is a P5 preference. We've been fighting it for years, and we're fighting now a double standard when it comes to evaluating G5 teams. What's the, I tried to read that, and I gave up. What What this are we is, talking about? This is, I mean, uh, I agree in I principle, think, but I think what, what are we saying man. specifically? I think he thinks Cincinnati and Memphis should be ranked higher. They're and in the previous years, right now, yeah. in the previous years, he thinks UCF... Got a got a bad I mean, deal. I understand that one, but yeah. I was didn't know this year rank how many spots higher. What Memphis Tell is at me. eighteen. Yeah, I know, but who should you yeah. just 
you're complaining, but right, I want to know. Should they be a supposed- top ten? Should Cincinnati be a top ten? Okay, team? is that what you're saying? Yeah, give me something. I just, I get it. It's always going to be out there. And the Central Florida thing that was out there for two years, we understood that. But now we're we're almost two years removed from that too. I didn't know specifically what he was. Was he just speaking generally? Because yeah, it'll always be that way. That's like saying kids who are born to rich parents have advantages that kids who are born to poor parents don't have. Of course. I, I guess I can see where he thinks they should be higher because you got one loss Memphis at 18, one loss Cincinnati at 19, and one loss Boise State's at 20. And they're behind three loss teams like Iowa and Auburn. But if you move them up, you're not going to move them into the top four, right, so, and one of them's going to get a spot so in the New Year's Six anyway. what are anyway. you missing? I don't know. That's I don't what, have an answer for you. I, I, needed more, too low. I needed more meat to the he, complaint. He would, maybe he would feel like, well, we ought to be 12, not 18, but that would still land one team in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I don't know what they're missing. That's Which why I, I wanted more to it, because I wanted to hear what he had to say, but I didn't get it. The response from the college football executive, a college football playoff executive director, Bill Hancock. Certainly, I feel that everyone is entitled to his or her opinion. <laughs> that just feels like a huge blow off. Pat him on the head. Here's a cookie. <laughs> well, what's he talking about? Uh, yeah, I heard what Mike Oresco said, and uh, he can just have a big old dose of shut the bleep up. <laughs> we don't care. We're going to keep doing this. This train's left the station, and it's not changing. Well, yeah, no, but no matter what they do, they're, they're always going to be complaints. This is a situation, unless you have where you qualify, but anytime there's a vote, there's going to be some form of dispute. We have it every year. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. You know, he's arguably the greatest player that ever walked. Uh, you think about his level of excellence over the last 20 years, uh, I don't think it's comparable. To anybody, uh, the impact he's had on teams. Uh, you know, I think his greatest trait is his mental toughness. Uh, it seems, regardless of, of what circumstance he's in, he always finds a way to be his best and get the job done, and help the guys around him to get their job done. And uh, he and Coach Belichick are an unbelievable combination—the best that ever walked in this league. That's Jason Garrett, the Cowboys coach, talking about Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And you really can't argue with that. There's too many championships now, PK. There's too many Super Bowl titles, and they back that up with other Super Bowl appearances, and they back that up with a string of division titles. So you don't think there's any argument that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever? No. No. I gave up when he won the sixth one. Even when he had more titles. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach Yeah, there they are. I don't think it's the coach's job to win titles. It's to get the most out of them. Put them in position, if that's what the talent level is. They've turned over so many players there in the salary cap era and kept winning, and I think he gets credit for that too. I think those are his decisions. So that's that's Guys coming and going. That's That's not just coaching. Yeah. Okay. And he does both. Regardless of what titles he holds during any point in this 20-year run, feels to me like he's calling the shots and they lose guys and they replace them and this receiver goes and that running back goes and they just and keep plus going. nobody wants to say it but he manages to win with more white guys than the average team i mean nobody wants to say that because it's you're not supposed to say it but he wins with white receivers yeah but more white guys on the team 
the receivers? Well, well, no, I know the wide receivers because we, we see them. We understand that. No, I do know the receivers <laughs> because I see them. But I don't know Come the percentage on. of the roster. I know, obviously you don't. I got it. It makes you queasy. So what is it? He wins with more white guys. I just said it. How many more? More than the other teams. Okay. I don't count them up. Well, then how he, do you know? Because I see it. He's got a bunch of little white dudes who don't make other teams. Somehow, I've seen, he puts them in these I've roles, seen, and they flourish. I've seen Julian Edelman. I mean, I get that. I've seen fire, and I've seen rain. Amendola? Come on. I said I've seen the receivers, but I didn't know the rest of the team. I'm not talking. I don't, okay. I don't pay attention to the linemen. Who's, who watches them? Only, the only people who watch linemen are linemen. They're way important. But the rest of us fans don't watch linemen. That was Jason Garrett being really nice. Then Tom Brady got interviewed about the uh, the Cowboys, and because he grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, he's a you know a Niner fan as a kid, and he told reporters, "I really not like the Cowboys since coming out of the womb." Got got a laugh. Oh, ever out since of that. he was born. Ever since he was born. Yeah. yeah. The Morgan Scally <laughs> quote. There it is. And then speaking of the Utes, former Ute Eric Weddle. I don't get this. The Rams' safety will not reveal any secrets about the Ravens to his current team. I could tell them a lot of stuff, but that's just not who I am, said Weddle, who signed a two-year, $10.5 million contract with the Rams after the Ravens released him last March. So now we're going to play it on the field, and the best team's going to win. Now, given that there's an offseason, I don't know how much he can tell them, but I would figure he'd tell them everything he could. I mean, a lot of the tendencies are on film, so he could tell them stuff about guys, but I would think they would know that because they've looked at the film. And as far as, you know, if you got if it were mid-season and you know, like, audibles and keywords or whatever, but in the off-season, I figure all that changed, too. I don't know how much he knows, but it, I don't know. That quote struck me as weird. Uh, it struck me as wrong. I'd sit him. Where's your <laughs> loyalty? Who's paying you? Every, everybody else does it. The Rams are paying him. Ten and a half million bucks. And I know he's years. really popular around here, and we're in the room of truth, not the room of popularity, and I don't really care about popularity. I'm the Rop? Say, yeah. Yeah, I think We're in the rot. Some folks out there, wherever, everywhere, like to be popular. Everybody likes to be popular. Who doesn't like to be popular? Nobody likes criticism. We all understand that. So, maybe hesitant to criticize Whittle on this, Weddle on this, but come on. How do I know he's going to play hard then? What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. It's Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. It's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up this morning, Michael Lev, Arizona beat writer for the Arizona Daily Star, is going to join us talk about the Utes and the Wildcats. Joe Ingles is here at 945. Got a question up on Facebook. We can get this, get to this next. Who's having a birthday today, PK? a couple questions on Facebook, but yeah, Kyle Winningham is 60 years old today. Beloved by many, hated by others. Kyle turned 60 on Thursday today. Why is he so polarizing? And get to that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 103-95. to Bogdanovich leading the way with 30 points. Mitchell at 26. Gobert, 12 points, 15 rebounds, and five blocks. Jazz are off today to host the Warriors tomorrow night. Tonight in the NBA, doubleheader on TNT. It's the Blazers and the Bucks at 6 o'clock. The Pelicans and the Suns play at 8.30. 
College basketball tonight. Utah faces Coastal Carolina in the Myrtle Beach Invitational at 5 o'clock. UVU hosts Lamar in Orem. UCCU Center at 7 o'clock. Thursday night football, it's the Colts and the Texans. Watch it on Fox and the NFL Network. Listen to the game right here on The Zone Sports Network. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. Verizon customers, if you're recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks. Syringa is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call them today at 385-420-7881. That number again, 385-420-7881. That's Syringa Networks. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Greg Rebell joins us right now. Earlier we were talking about Jim Carrey. Great Canadian. What Canadian (laughs) are you most proud of in the entertainment world to know that they come from your homeland? All our best Canadians come from Canada. Or best uh, entertainers. No, no, you're right, Austin. All the best Canadians (laughs) do come from Canada. (laughs) Our best entertainers. Oh my gosh, I'll never hear the end of that one. I'll never hear the end of that one. You can't argue that. You can't argue that. <laughs> right, is it? right. Well, I, I, I hate to be cliche, but, you know, the greatest rock and roll musicians of all time. And that's the, the holy triumvirate of Rush. Thanks so much, Greg. We appreciate you. He's a and, Canadian uh, from Canada. All our best Canadians come from Canada. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join Hanson Scotty Tuesday from noon to 3 at 7211 South Plaza Center Drive in West Jordan. Customers of Visit will receive a free liquid screen protector for your Android or Apple device while supplies last. Also, don't forget to ask about the iPads for $99.99. So, I call it up. The Root, an online publication. Is it racist to hate the New England Patriots because they have too many white players? Hint, no. Ha! <laughs> So, nice try. <laughs> you didn't notice because you don't see color, but the I, rest of the world does. <laughs> well, the people I hang out with hate the Patriots because of Bill Belichick. They don't actually well, Because you don't like hang out Patriots. with any people who see color. We understand that. <laughs> you are something. <laughs> and all I did was type in New England Patriots W and 20 things came up. I didn't even need to put in anything beyond the W. <laughs> I'm the only guy in, in Utah who notices, man, they got a, light, a lot of white players relative to the other teams. They're all receivers, aren't they? Again, that's all I see. I don't pay attention to yeah. linemen, so I don't know about the linemen. I don't, uh, honestly, I don't pay attention. I, I, I was never in the trenches. So Well, you could have been. I look at uh, Danny Woodhead. Chris Hogan, Julian Edmond, Danny Amendola, Rex Burkhead. Come on, dog. It's yeah. okay. So it's all wide receivers. Yeah, the ones I yeah. again, the ones I see. Well, you see the running backs. You see the defense. Yeah, and backs. Burkhead carries the ball. They have way more white guys than most teams. It's okay. If you have one white running back, you have more white guys than most teams. That position's overwhelmingly African American. I give you credit for standing your position that you just don't see color. <laughs> Way to go, dog. I knew they had more white wide receivers. <laughs> they get a bunch of little white dudes who somehow he puts them in position. I'm sure he put, he puts black guys in position where they haven't had success and they succeed. I'm looking at you, Kyle Van Hoy. Didn't work that well in Detroit. <laughs> and it's working about perfectly. as well as I know. it could it's working perfectly be. in New England. Belichick is awesome. There's no doubt about it. That's why I said when you said coach, I think it underestimates his value to the team. 
and to the success because you look at Jason Garrett, okay, coach. But we know who's calling the shots. But Belichick's calling shots right. on the roster. He's calling shots on contracts because that's what determines the roster. Exactly. And as soon as the guy wants to get paid, the kicker's out of there. You can be the greatest kicker ever, but we're not paying kickers more than So this. that was my whole point. Calling him the greatest coach, I think, is undervaluing him and doing him not necessarily a disservice, but undervaluing all that he's done. And hats off to Kraft for giving him the power to do it. And at least from our point of view, look like he gets out of the way. So they know what he does when he gets out of the way, but that's another story. Hey, (laughs) oh. So in a copycat league, you love that expression. Why don't teams copy what he does? Eh, Because I don't know that it's that easy. You know, and because it's, you, you look at what Belichick does. And it's akin to what a college football coach does. Yes, because they control personnel and and they coach at the same time. So brings us to Kyle being 60. You know, why has he been able to have this success? Well, copy whatever Kyle's doing. It's just not that easy, man. But some of it's easy. Finding a white slot receiver and having him run rub routes or whatever to get open, pick plays, that part's not that complicated. It's not, if like there's one thing to copy, I think lots of people can copy that. When you have to copy a hundred things and they're all integrated, it gets really well, I think complicated. In order to be successful at his level, you would have to copy a hundred things. Yes, but to the point about race in the Patriots roster, it's overwhelmingly white receivers. I mean, it's, that race isn't, I don't want to talk about race, it's just an well, oddity. Wait a minute, <laughs> you're doubling back on because me. Because you, you denied it, that's why. I mean, I don't... I don't care whether so, they're black or white. It's just it's an oddity that some of them are white. They're more white. The okay, point but being, you can't underestimate the fact that receiver, with the exception of running back, which by percentage there's way, it's way more African American than receiver. I mean, Cooper Cup's a white guy running around making big plays in the NFL too, but guys who are too small for the position and are white and are excelling, it seems like that's one thing you could break out and you could copy, but people don't. I don't know, don't. man. I think that goes to what Kyle does, too. You have to have an eye for it. You can't just copy it. You can get a bunch of slow white guys, a bunch of tall, fast black guys, but unless they can play and they can hang on to the ball in the clutch and they got the smarts to run the right routes and all and know how to block and blah, 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 and they fit in the salary cap, there's a million things that go on. I don't know that it, it is easy, easily Copyable. I don't know that copyable is a word. It is now. But I I, I don't see that, man. You, you see what they do, uh, the, the coaching trees of teams. You know, Popovich has got a lot of coaches that have been under his uh, reign now. He's got uh, at least uh, three, like four guys come to mind, right, as other teams try to do it. And plus you factor in some organizational guys, such as ours Dennis here. Dennis Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's front office as well as coaching. Yeah. And they, so they, they are a, trying to – pick off what right. Popovich has established now for, it seems like, 20 years is very, very good. Steve Kerr went to Golden State. Boone Olsen went to Atlanta. And now... Well, you got Monty Williams. You got, you got Brett Brown. You got Quinn Snyder here. Uh, yeah, so it's being done, but none of those guys are having the success that to the level he had. A lot of them are very successful. I think Brett Brown is very successful. Quinn is on his way to being successful and so forth. Obviously, Kerr. Kerr won, won titles. Kerr's been around so much, you can claim the Phil Jackson or whatever you want. He's so multiple I don't know that you can just say, oh, we're just going to copy that. I think it's a skill. 
It's it's something that is hard to measure. I mean, obviously Belichick has it down. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And not just as a coach. I mean, he's very good as a coach, obviously. But as a manager of a team, uh, he's phenomenal. You know, that's why when Garrett's talking, I'm talking about him being the best coach. Don't shortchange the guy because he's doing it all. You'd have to go back at an unprecedented level. You'd have to go back to Lombardi, and that's a totally different era. There's no free agency. There's no salary cap. No, it's a totally different deal. And he won five titles in seven years. I think it's and Jerry Sloan did it too. I've always appreciated that the ability to take somebody, see what he can do in your system, tell him, son. Do this, this, and this, and this is going to be the results. You're going to help yourself. You're going to help the team. And Jerry Sloan did that for so many years for so many average guys. Get them in here and have them flourish. And, and, and so many of them now, when the Jazz call them up, you want to come back? Yeah, what time you want me there? Because they recognize that was when I had my best times in the league. That was the most fun I had. That was the most structure. Everything was going the way it should go. And so they come running back, it seems, at least from what I believe. Maybe I'm wrong and don't know enough behind the scenes. But that's the mark of a great coach. And you don't necessarily have to win a title to be the mark of a great coach. You can do it at the high school level, really. I've been around some – I don't do preps anymore, but you know, coming into the business, mm-hmm. you do them. I've been around some awesome, awesome high school coaches. The, the, I make fun of the, the guy down at Corner Canyon. The guy is awesome. Eric Kerr. He is sweet, man. He is brilliant. 30, Absolutely brilliant. And you knew him when he was at Jordan. He went I did. to Corner Canyon. Known He's him for years. 34 and 1 now, I think, over the last three yeah. years. That's just not yeah. by accident. <laughs> you don't think? No, no. So we go to the game the other day, and Lone Peak is just blitzing guys up the middle, up the middle, up the middle. And I say, like, man, I got to make some adjustments. So uh, I'm thinking, I'm telling my wife, I said, man, He's got to run some some screens, some QB draws. Not that I know football. I'm not saying I know football by any stretch. Yeah, you knew enough to know that. You've... Second half, boom, 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 boom. So I have my wife text him uh, later on that night. What took you so long? <laughs> 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 you knew he was going to make adjustments. So it really doesn't matter the level, the ability to put your guys in the spot. And Whittingham right now is doing it at a level that you almost have to bow down to this man. He is so good at what he's doing. Right now, he's the freaking Belichick of the Pac-12. Beloved by many, hated by others, Kyle Whittingham turned 60 on Thursday. Why is he so polarizing? I was... Not on the same page with the people who are answering this. I did not have the pulse of the people. In what way? Well, a lot of this comes down to rivalry stuff. I'm a BYU fan. I don't think it's true. I'm a BYU fan, and I think he's a great coach and a good dude. Jesse's uh, saying people are saying that yeah, Cougar fans BYU, hate him. I thought BYU fans didn't like him. I thought he was a traitor, and he won't say the words BYU <laughs> and all the stuff. I think that was, in the early days, true. I think that's worn off quite a bit. I don't, I don't think he says BYU. No, I think you're right, but I don't hear BYU fans complaining about him. The BYU fans in my circle. I don't why hear not? And I did, and I haven't asked him why. I can go ask him, but I don't know. Well, he hasn't let up. He's actually added on. He's pounding you into submission now. <laughs> okay, maybe what they didn't like about him was that 
He didn't take the job, and they finally got over that because it's 15 years. And they hated him for beating him in the rivalry, but now they look at the rivalry as lopsided and it's nobody's fault. And so it's not, the losses aren't as personal. They still don't like him, but they don't take them as personal because they recognize when well, you're, you're, you're... You quit. When you're Pac-12, then it's you like, quit. it's not a fair fight anymore. Then you quit. You've given up. If that's your attitude, you've given up. Sounds harsh, but it might be true. Oh, my gosh. That is just different <laughs> I think right there, my man. When I see stuff. Holy freak. When I see stuff on social media now from people who hate Kyle or are pissed at Kyle or want Kyle fired or want the media to hold him accountable because he's losing a big game in November. When Most of the stuff I see directed at Kyle on social media, I think it comes from Ute fans. A lot of our comments, it makes it sound like it's coming from Cougar fans. We can get to that Cougar next. fans, you've given up like DJ I just think, suggested. I think the people who are yeah, mad at Kyle I, now. I understand, I understand what you're saying. I think they've given up. They're wearing red. They've given up. BYU fans have given up this rivalry. Holy freak. You've waved the white flag. I've seen it all years ago. Now I heard it all. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Suit up in style with Mr. Mack and Lemon Harrington. Enter now on 1280thezone.com to win a pair of Kohan shoes from Mr. Mack and an outfitting shopping experience with a lemon. During the remote on December 11th, the lemon will personally pick you out an outfit. Compliments of Mr. Mack. All right, today's Kyle Whittingham's 60th birthday, so we were just talking about that, and the question is up on Facebook. Uh, why do so many people not like Kyle? And a lot of the comments on Facebook reference BYU, and I think that's cooled. You can probably find some BYU fans there who are still fired up about Kyle. But when I see stuff on social media, Media now, I think they're youth fans who are mad that either mad or expecting, maybe not mad this year because they're rolling this year. Yeah, what would you mad but about? But expecting in the previous four or five years, oh, we're falling apart in November again. And in September of October this year, oh, they'll fall apart in November. It's youth fans who are mad at Kyle because they haven't won enough to satisfy said youth fan. Oh, man, Matt, just. Have him pick up the phone and call the Arizonas and call Cal and yeah, I know. blah, 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 blah. I know. But we both saw the stuff on uh, social media during the Washington game. Uh, here's a classic Kyle Winningham, Ute November fold. And you had the one about when are you going to hold your friend accountable and fire him and get him fired? Yeah, I walked I mean, down but, and I showed him the tweet right there. You did not. Kyle, come here. <laughs> you did not. As he was going into halftime? It would have been awesome yeah. had you done you, it. You need to see did. this. You need to see this. <laughs> Kyle, tell him to watch the third and fourth quarter. <laughs> Anything to fire up that dude. They come back and win the game. That's just where I think most of the, what's the word, vitriol comes from these days. I think it's more wearing red than wearing BYU blue. BYU fans have given up. They've basically waved the white towel. We can't beat these guys. They're in the Pac-12, so why sweat it? We actually like him now. We embrace him. The fact that he won't I say our say name. I would say the split on BYU fans is probably 70-30 in, in 70% waving the white flag, 30% still ready to fight tooth and nail. Oh, my gosh. That's even, awful. Even the Cougar fans who think that they are going to win a game next year, and next year would seem to be a good year for the Cougars because they'll have an experienced quarterback and the Utes will be somebody's got to replace Huntley. 
See if they have a little experience or no. Yeah, you're right about that. Nobody's coming in and throwing it, completing 74% of their passes next year. That's not happening. Way to crap I can't believe it's happening this year. It's not going to happen again next year. He says, hold on to that, Yox. When it happens, you can throw it back at me. Um, But I think even the people who think, hey, BYU is going to win next year, I don't think they think BYU is going to win – you know, let's say Kyle coaches four more years. He's going to win three of the next four against Kyle. I don't think anybody's thinking that. Wow, they've given up. Cougar fans, let me hear from you. That's, Am I right? That's more of a you, reason to hate him. Cougar fan, you think of your circle. Am I right about seven out of ten? There's, there's a feisty your dude. Passion in the rivalry. You got a feisty brother-in-law or somebody at the ward or you know the dude in the cubicle down in the corner that he's still in and he's still. But it's seven out of ten. Yikes, man, that's just awful. I would think you hate him even more if he's ruined the rivalry and created it to where it's not even a rivalry anymore, where you think we've got no chance. Come on. 855-340-ZONE. Tweet at us at David DJ James. Facebook DJ I think they respect him immensely. Yeah. But you can also hate somebody who you respect. We were just talking about Belichick. It's probably that combination. A lot of people hate him, but they know he's good. So, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think that the, that the rivalry now is over. That, that's way too harsh when you consider so many of the games. They've got the upper hand in all f- and basically everything. But when you get out on the field, you don't think that you can beat them? There was a tying field goal that hit the upright on the third try, or maybe it sailed by. Did it just sail wide or did it ding it when they stormed the field three times? But that came down to a field goal. And there was a game that came down to a two-point conversion. So, yeah, you can cite multiple close games. Many. In fact, the closer the game is more of the norm than the blowout. Than the 54-10 to 10 or the... Yeah. This year was pretty drama-free. Yeah, I think this Weird year was with that misleading. Stop. It appeared closer than it was. Yeah, I'd agree. But I think people knew they were going to win. Exactly. They didn't feel like they got humiliated, but they also didn't feel like they were about to win the game. I certainly didn't feel like BYU yeah. was going to win being at the game. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Michael Love, Arizona beat writer for the Arizona Daily Star, is going to be talking Utes and Wildcats at 8.30. Stay with us.